0: Hi everyone, my name is Wazoo. Welcome to another episode of Summons from Gallifrey. This is number four, and this is a feedback episode for the 10th planet, which we covered in episode three. As is always the case, if you have any feedback that you'd like to get on the show, please send it to mailbag at summonsfromgallifrey.com. And I'll be sure to go through them every feedback episode, and it gives us a great way to discuss and dialogue over what's been happening in the stories all right let's get started so in our last episode we talked about the 10th planet and we didn't really spend too much time getting into the cybermen so why don't we get into some of that um, into some of their backstory now they've become an extremely popular monster of doctor who pretty much right behind the daleks in terms of popularity in most cases for most fans The Cybermen were a joint effort created by script editor Jerry Davis and Dr. Kit Pedler, who was then working as an unofficial scientific advisor to the Doctor Who team at the time. By 1960, spare part surgeries and experimenting with the augmentation of the human body with machinery was starting to be a thing, through procedures like heart valve replacements, etc. And Dr. Pedler one day brainstormed the question, what would happen if a person took that idea to the next level? What if we could no longer distinguish man from machine? Dr. Peddler was hired in 1966 to consult for the Hartnell story called The War Machines, which led him to work with then script editor Jerry Davis on an upcoming story, The Tenth Planet. Davis helped Dr. Peddler focus on developing a humanoid race that went as far down as they could with this augmentation prosthetic direction. In the 10th planet we see a mixture of man and machine with humanoid facial features and a hybrid of plastic and metal body prosthetics. They also came up with another creepy memorable feature which is how they speak. It's almost like they took the approach of meshing together a humanoid monster with a humanoid in a suit monster to form the Cybermen, which just has a humanoid face, but kind of talks like he's in an alien mask. The mouth just stays open while the dialogue is coming out. As the Cybermen evolve in the Doctor Who universe, they too evolve from the look of the plastic and metal prosthetics until they are almost just entirely machine in more their present-day evolution. Speaking of evolution William Hartnell has also evolved the character of the doctor itself if you can remember in our first episode of an unearthly child how the doctor was initially very brash very alien and refusing to lift a finger to help out remember how he wanted to leave the caveman tribe the instant they had a window to escape he didn't want to get involved when there was any kind of danger to, to, the, to the cavemen themselves. Now he's standing up for humanity against the Cybermen threat. He's much more engaged as a character. He's making sure to, help, to try and help the situation as it evolves. I think this is a testament to how hard Hartnell continuously worked on the character to show this gradual progression over these three seasons. Here in this Hartnell regeneration story we have an interesting mix of a alternate branch of the human race that has worked tirelessly to prolong life and escape death mixed with the doctor who realizes that the, he's at the end of his own life and he almost embraces it by the end of the episode. I thought that was an interesting observation. So before I get into some reader feedback I, I came out with this story with three questions of my own which I'll maybe throw out there and talk about for a bit. How does Mondas actually steal Earth's energy or I guess energy in general? How do the Cybermen plot or direct Mondas itself towards Earth? I mean they're pretty much steering it through space. They're not relying on any physics you know interplanetary physics to to drive Mondas towards Earth. They're basically steering it right there. And then why does the doctor lock Ben and Polly out of the TARDIS at the end for no reason at all? All three questions are never really explained by anyone that I can find. Uh, Not even the doctor came up with any kind of throwaway line for any of those three questions. So firstly, thank goodness they didn't try to explain it. I think Davis was cunning enough to see that as long as the story skates around the edge of these questions, it can hold itself together. These are just presented as statements in the story, and everyone just kind of goes with it, to their credit. I think if they had tried to explore this idea of energy stealing, or how the Cybermen were moving the the planet, I think it would, would have just really been a detriment to the whole story. As for defeating Mondas with this idea of a positive feedback loop, keep that in mind. In a future story in the John Pertwee years of playing the Doctor, This concept comes back into play during his regeneration story called The Planet of the Spiders. But we'll get there when we get there. But it's just interesting to see that there's this earlier incarnation of a positive feedback loop. As for Ben and Polly being locked out of the TARDIS, I don't honestly know what was happening there. That was just a, a really weird direction to choose. Maybe it was just a they wanted some way to Focus on the Doctor for the last few seconds, and Ben and Polly end up being let into the TARDIS anyways, through some mysterious force. I don't think the Doctor ever opened the door. Maybe the TARDIS let them let them in itself. Maybe that's what we're supposed to get out of that. I don't know. Uh, but it, you know, I I don't think it's too important. I just don't. I don't think they should have bothered even having that part. I think they should have all just. Rushed. It wouldn't have made a difference in the story if they had all came back into the TARDIS together and the Doctor starting to collapse and go into his regeneration. So I'm not sure what the point of that was. Anyways, if you have an idea, please let me know. Mailbag at summonsfromgallifrey.com. I'd love to hear it. So speaking of which, let's get into our, our feedback. So today we've got John from Connecticut who writes in... Having heard it for the first time in your podcast, it doesn't sound like a bad introduction for the Cybermen. What are your top three Cybermen stories from Doctor Who? Thanks, John. Thanks for getting in touch. Hmm, that's a pretty tough question. There's a lot of Cybermen episodes. But I'm going to narrow this down to just cover the years that the first season of this podcast is going to cover. So roughly up until the end of the seventh Doctor. So let's see. I'll give a few episodes but not so these aren't in order of my top three I think they're just they're a top three so first I would pick Revenge of the Cybermen which is in the Tom Baker years this was the first Cybermen story at that point the first Cybermen story for roughly six years of the show so they really put a lot of work into this one I think Uh, some of it was a little bit came off a little bit clumsy but uh, for the most part it was a pretty good idea let's see another one that I really enjoyed which kind of goes alongside a story-wise it goes alongside of an unearthly child loosely is one called Attack the Cybermen during the Colin Baker years so Colin Baker in and of himself gets a little bit of a raw deal in a few ways I think during his tenure as the doctor, mostly in the form of just strange stories being selected for production. Maybe we'll we'll be able to go over it once we get to his his years of the show. But a, a few of them were just quite different, and I don't know if different in a good way, but they were just different. At any rate, I I think this Cyberman story was a pretty strong one. It had a, a really some really interesting ideas. And they tried, to, they tried to develop a mention, they tried to develop a twin mention of Totter's Lane within this one, if I remember it correctly. Okay, and then the, the last one I would pick for my top three is definitely Earthshock from the Peter Davison years. I'm not sure if it's just because of the fourth act of this story, which I won't spoil at this time, but I would say that this is definitely king on people's Cybermen lists it has to be it was really well executed some of the writing a little bit weird but, it, but I think they they really put work into the Cybermen and really just creating a pretty strong story they kept the plot pretty simple to their credit which really helped them work on it instead of trying to cram in a lot of different ideas and twists and turns and plans within plans within plans which I think the attack of the Cybermen kind of suffers from. There's a little bit too much going on plot-wise in that one, which kind of detracts from the overall story, I feel. Okay, but yeah, that's my top three. That's pretty much everything I have for this episode. So if you have any feedback that you'd like to get into the show, please send it to mailbag at summonsfromgallifrey.com. And be sure to tune in next time. We're going to be going through Patrick Troughton's first story, The Power of the Daleks. Oh, it's going to be exciting. Who doesn't love Dalek stories? Have a good one, everyone. Peace.